team members who want to work for a company that has a greater mission and purpose. And so it's not just like this, you know, soft, fuzzy kind of thing. It has real measurable impact on the bottom line as well. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another fun episode of Flip Map on Podcast. Um, Yannick and I were supposed to do this episode almost a month ago, and something happened, and we just ended up chatting, but we didn't get to do it. So I'm excited to do this. Uh, Yannick Silver, who wrote an incredible book, which I have a ton of highlights on. It's called Evolved Enterprise, an illustrated guide to rethink, reimagine, and reinvent your business to deliver meaningful impact and even greater profits. I'll have the link to the book, show notes in it. And man, this book has Sir Richard Branson, uh, his quote and, and all that. And there's like some incredible people who have obviously read and recommended this book. So this is a good one overall. But I just fell in love with the way Yannick thinks about life and everything around it. So we're going to dive into some business ideas, some life experiences, um, and we'll keep it short and keep it really to the point. So Yannick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sangra. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. So we just crossed like 500 episodes on, uh, on the podcast. So it's Congratulations. Been, That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. And so there's so many experiences. One thing that people love is to hear a fun fact about uh, the person I'm interviewing. So that you know you. I have a lot of fun facts about me, but uh, I guess the one that, that comes up is that I won the Oscar Mayer Wiener Shootout Championship as a kid, as a bantam hockey player. So I think I was like 13 and 14. I was the only kid that won it two years in a row. Which is like, you know, at the, so I've been a lifelong Washington Capitals fan. And, uh, and so in between periods, they get the kids. Sometimes they, they change it up now, but it used to be one goalie, one player, and it'd be just a shootout. So I was the player, and I, uh, I only had one move. I'd go backhand, forehand, back to my backhand, all the way up, and try and roof it to the top. And, uh, and so I won the championship twice, two years in a row. Oh, my goodness. You must be like the talk of the town for... for no, it wasn't that big a deal, but it was. But it is. My men's league hockey team still knows about it. So when I get on the infrequent occasional breakaway, they yell, Oscar Mayer from the, from the bench. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, you know, before we get into the book, you know, you have the Maverick uh, thing going on. Can, can you share a little bit about like, what is your big passion, big idea thing that you and you're, you're trying to bring incredible entrepreneurs together to do something? Just give us a little bit of taste of it. And then I want to really jump into some sure. really aha moments for me around business ideas that you have in this book. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the group I run is called Maverick 1000. The idea is How do we bring a thousand game-changing entrepreneurs together to help them grow themselves, evolve, make a difference in the world through their business, through their their platforms, through their voices, their reach, their leverage, and uh, and then have some fun together in the process? Yeah, I love that. And how often do you guys meet? Uh, A couple times a year. I mean, it's optional, so they uh, you know some people come a couple times a year, some people come once a year. It's all it all depends on what's going on, what the schedule is, and it's everything from like you know, different retreats that are more focused, like we'll, we'll work with an amazing Navajo grandmother and do a sweat lodge retreat and, and connect to, uh, to the earth, or, or we'll go to Richard Branson's island for a week and, and spend time with Richard. So it's, it's really all over the place. Man, that's, that's like, I want to be on that one. That sounds like a lot of fun. So we, we, I know we, we have a note. Yeah. 
to get back on it. So you talked about in this book several, and I wrote down so many ideas, but your book really made me rethink about like, this is not one way to do business. And, and maybe, maybe I'm a novice and like thinking and I've done a couple, so like maybe I should have had a better idea, but I always thought, well, you, you go start a business, you raise money, you do stuff, you hire people, you scale. I mean, that's kind of the formula for it, that especially in the company and the people that I interact with. And then you kind of shared all of these different ideas around the, the, the Tom's. And it, I thought Tom's was just one of the examples of who have done something really cool. And yeah, like now, there are a community of companies who do this B1G1, which is buy one, give one. And, and there are other business ideas. So can you share at a high level, like what are the different types of business ideas that you're thinking about? Yeah, so I call it an evolved enterprise. There's lots of language for it. There's conscious capitalism, triple bottom line business uh, for benefit companies. But really, it's this idea that business can make a greater leverage and, and influence in the world to, to make a greater difference. And, and it sounds like, oh, well, that's what charity should be doing. But, but the truth is, like, business has the levers, whether it's through our, our voice, our talent on our team, our, our reach, our, our actual product or service, the, um, you know, the, the employees that you hire, I call it empowered employment, your supply chain even, like, you know, all these different ways that you can make, you can make a difference. And what's happening at a macro level, I think it's better to, you know, you have to look at it from a big, big picture first. And Forbes quoted me by saying that, you know, in four to seven years, essentially they said, if you don't, if you don't have a, an impact, a core impact to your business, you're going to be effectively out of business or, or at a competitive dis- disadvantage. And, yeah. and it's because it's, it's like consumers are willing to, to pay the same and change brands or pay even more and switch to brands that have a greater mission or greater purpose. Uh, and, and from the inside, so that's the outside in, and then the inside out is team members who want to work for a company that has a greater mission and purpose. And so it's not just like this, you know, soft, fuzzy kind of thing. It has real measurable impact on the bottom line as well. And that's where it gets really interesting is because I, I come from a direct response marketing background. So it's like, you can turbocharge what you're doing by having all these things, but it has to be authentic and it has to be genuine. It can't just be like, oh, you know, I, I heard from Yannick that if we have an impact, we should, you know, we'll, we'll do more. And you can do empirical testing, like you can do A-B split testing and, and C, and then you can make a decision, but it has to come, I think, I, I help entrepreneurs connect their head, their heart, their higher purpose. And same with companies, because companies have, have souls to them as well. No doubt, man. You think about like Patagonia and, and all the things yeah. that they, people talk about it as if it's like, they, I don't think people even look at the price on some of these things anymore. Yeah, the price is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, right? Like, pretty you know, pretty uh, high level. Very high. And, and we just bought it for everybody in the company. Uh, the, and everybody's like so proudly wearing it almost daily in some cases. We're like, you know, like, wow. Because it stands for something. And so Patagonia is a great example. They've been, uh, they've been really one of the like touchstone companies that have, that have been out in the front doing this because they using their business as a lever to make a difference. And, and so you'll see like, they were really famous a couple of years ago. They ran an ad. I talk about this in Evolved Enterprise. They ran an ad that said, don't buy this jacket. And they ran it on, on Black Friday. Yeah. Right? So one of the biggest shopping days. And they were making a statement that, you know, maybe you should reuse what you have or recycle or, or whatever it is. But, and, and they were standing for their values and their values are, and they just recently changed their entire mission of their company. And I can't remember what it is word for word, but it's something like we, we stand for the earth or something like that. Or, or our yeah. mission is to, so it's, it's like unbelievable. Like that's, that's their level of thinking. And they actually increased their sales by 40% that year. 
after that. <laughs> uh, saying don't buy, right? So, and, and you would see also they got like a $10 million uh, tax refund from, uh, for, from the different economic packages that, that Trump put forth. And they use all that 10 million towards environmental projects. And they used um, their front page of their website to share their voice, you know, again, entrepreneurs and business owners, we have, we have a voice and, and, yeah. and, and you can put it out there. And, and they, they said, well, we believe in these It's like a national park that was going to get, uh, I think, I think it was going to get defunded or something like that. So, so yeah, when, when you're buying into a brand, like it stands for something, I talk about an involved enterprise. How do you move from a transactional company to a transformational company to a transcending company? And Patagonia for sure is at that transformational level, maybe even transcending, but it's like transformational means the identity of everyone that's touched changes. So a customer, their identity changes that they feel like they're part of, of the solution of, of helping make a, a greater difference in the world. Yeah. Dude, I wrote it down as one of the things as a highlight for me was that exact thing we talked about transactional to transformational to transcendent business. And I remember um, on one of the episodes, I was interviewing Brian Halligan, uh, who's the CEO of HubSpot. And I asked him, like, hey, if you were to start another company today, now that you have done, done HubSpot 10 years to public, all these things, what would you do differently? He, he thought for a second, and then he said, you know what? It's not about starting another business as just another business to, to try to get market. I would fundamentally think about a different business model as a business. So, so he's like, yeah, and then that made me think about all these things like Tom, like there is no reason for another shoe company to be successful yeah. with how much money Nike and all these companies have put in. And then you have these Tom shoes and then another, like Warby Parker is another example of like you have in the book and there's a whole study that you've done in the book, which is again, phenomenal detail. It's incredible that how these businesses seemingly seems like they're kind of on the surface, you know, like all they're doing is just a better business strategy. But there's much more to that than a pricing strategy. There, there, there's a soul to it. There's a storytelling aspect to it. There's a copywriting aspect to it. There's a way to talk to people as people aspect to it and not just talk about features. and stuff. So talk to me about how you, when you looked at these evolved enterprise and these companies that go from transactional to transformation to transcendent, what are the commonalities that you see that make them that? So one is that there's an authentic mission purpose. And, and so right now we're living in much more of an age of transparency. And you see this coming out, obviously, with social media. But, but beyond that, it's like if you say you're doing something, you better well be doing it because it's going to come out. And, and consumers are not dumb. Like they're, you know, they're, they have lots of options. And, and they're going to they're gonna choose a company that, that matches with their values. And they're realizing that they can vote with their dollars. Uh, so vote with their wallet. And decide, okay, I go to the store and, and I'm going to look at, like you mentioned, the story, right? The story has to be authentic and genuine. And it's either going to come from the CEO, founder from that spot, like this is something of their story. And then they wanted to put out something into the world that would, that would help drive this. Or it's going to come from, we care about, this is what our customers care about. And this is what our cause is. And, and how do we show up? And so I, I talk about 11 different impact models. So a lot of people are familiar with that buy one, give one, you know, especially Tom's really, really not, well, I was going to say pioneered it. They, I don't think they were the first, but they really made it a much bigger splash. And uh, so, you know, I've had the uh, good fortune of, you know, I, I know Blake uh, who found the Tom's and I interviewed him. And the last time I interviewed him, he talked about, we've given away 35 million pairs of shoes. 
And, and he's like, you know, that's a, that's, that's a tremendous logistical issue, right? Because they never expected to get that big. And, and it became a great marketing advantage for me. It became a great way of uh, the, the, the brand would piggyback on that story of you buy one, you, you give a pair of shoes away to, to a kid in need. And, you know, if you ask them now, like he, they, he, if there's a lot of criticism too about this buy one, give one model yeah. because it takes away the, the economic incentive in the marketplace in that local area that they've just like flooded it with free stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's great from one sense, but it's not great from a, from another sense. And, but, but there's, there's an interesting company in there that I also profiled in the book called Bombas and they're mm. a company and they've gotten bigger and, and some people might've heard of them, but they were really, really tiny when I, when I profiled them and uh, well, they're getting there, but they, they started off as like the two founders were watching TV and they saw like a news report or something. And they said, the biggest item that, that is needed in shelters, homeless shelters, are socks because mm. uh, people wear, wear through them so fast and so forth. And they're like, well, that's cool. We could donate some socks or why don't we start a sock company, but yeah. not just make a crappy sock. Let's make a better sock, a better sock for the consumer and a better sock actually for that we're going to give away. So it's like black, a black sock. It's antimicrobacterial. It's uh, triple reinforced, whatever it is, but it's a better sock that they're giving away. and. Um, the guy's like, I'll, I'll get a tattoo if we, if we sell a million pairs of socks or whatever. He thought it would take 10 years to sell a million pairs of socks. But because of that bigger mission, they sold 10 million pairs of socks in like two and a half years. <laughs> it's like accelerated. And now I've seen, I haven't really kept up that much with them, but I think they're like at seven or eight million pairs of shoes, super fast. And because they also will partner with bigger brands too, the bigger brands who have bigger voices and distribution, they want that halo effect that happens with the, these other companies that, that are doing immense good. And that's just one model. So, you know, that buy one, give one doesn't work for, for everyone, right? It's, it's, it's not the, the, right, the right thing. So there's, there's lots of other ways to, to do it and, and look at all the leverage that we have as a business and where's the, the greater impact that we can have. I love that. And that's what, is, what was fascinating to me, Yannick, about your book was this 11 different impact models just are eye-opening to think about because as I started making notes on it, it's like even my in existing business, I can now reinvent my portion of the business with one of the models that you have outlined in there. And it may not be, as you said, the B buy one get one may not work for everybody, but there are other business model ideas where you can really start thinking about like, huh, I might be able to start focusing on part of my business differently and with a new product launch that actually focus on this sector segment differently. And I think there's, there are ideas that I'm, I'm sending to my team later on as a write-up on this because I think there are, there's much to be learned. And yeah. have you seen companies try to do more than one model successful or you feel like, no, you got to choose one and go? Well, I, I think you can do it. And so usually it's around what's the key cause, what's the impact that I want to make. And, and then that can be done in several ways. So for us, our company, we, we care about entrepreneurial solutions to to issues around the world. So what are global issues, how to use entrepreneurial solutions. And so sometimes that could be donating uh, a portion of our profits. Sometimes it's going to be uh, collecting the, the, the members that are part of our group and, and uh, colleagues and friends and using their brain power to go activate you know, some of these solutions. And other times it's going to be bringing on young entrepreneurs in and mentoring them that have some of these solutions. But so it's all a lot of different ways. Uh, but it's all under one umbrella, one key cause, one key thing. So, so yeah, you can, you can do it in, in a lot of different ways. But the best way to me is always like if it can be more integrated. 
right? Yeah. So there's a company I talk about. Um, there's there's one one of the models is called Source Matters, and it's mm-hmm. like looking at the source of what you know. Patagonia is a good example. I, I might even they might even be in that section too. I can't remember, but like when they talked about like organic cotton, organic cotton was a big deal because it increased their supply chain pricing by like, I think like 20% or something like, you know, it's dramatic. They, they make a lot of stuff with cotton, but they're like, no, this is a better thing to do. And here's why we're doing it and sharing it. Uh, so, so source matters is like looking at, okay, what's the, where does something come from? How do we integrate it, the impact? And there's a company in there, a little company called Elvis and Crest, they're a little UK company. And, um, I don't have it on today, but my wallet and my belt or one of my belts is made by them. And it was two designers. They're walking down the street and they see this fire hose that's going to get thrown out into the trash. And they're like, oh man, that's, that's, that's going to just be this big you know, thing that's going to go in the landfills. And that's really amazing material. What can we do with that? And they're like, yeah. oh, we'll make dop kits and we'll make belts and we'll make keychains and we'll make wallets and all this other stuff. And, uh, and then what they do is they take 50% of their profit and give it back to uh, fire, firemen, women charities. And wow. so it's like, you know, it's this nice full circle of, uh, of where it came from. And that to me is really interesting and, and looking at that. And then it's got to be like, uh, you want to look at a 360 degree of your, of your brand and see like, so when they ship stuff, it's like in recycled paper, it's, it's mm-hmm. in uh, a packaging that that's not gonna, you know, it doesn't have any plastic. It's, it's like, you know, you just really want to look at as you bring more consciousness and awareness to what you're doing you're not going to probably change overnight everything, but you can start looking at things like, so our company, we do a good amount of events, right? And when we started learning about ocean, about ocean conservation uh, from some of the things that we're doing, we're like, oh man, there's a lot of things that we could be doing just to have little, little touch points that can make a big difference. Like, so we gave everyone these, these, you know, these, these cool water bottles, right? And, it, you know, that's just one thing, getting rid of plastic bottles. So we would get rid of plastic at all our events. Um, yeah. We did all, uh, all like wooden or bamboo uh, cutterly and, and silverware at, at the events. We did, uh, we would, we would actually pay for, for wherever people came from, we would offset where they flew in from to buy a uh, seagrass because mm-hmm. seagrass is actually the largest producer of, uh, of, of O2 or one of the largest producers of it. And, and so like all these little things, but then you also share it with people, right? So they don't know if you, if you don't share it with them, like you're talking about the story part, they don't, if you don't share it with them. They don't know. Yeah. No idea. And, and, and it's also going to help maybe motivate them to do some of these things in their own organizations and, and what they're doing. Yeah, it's inspirational, man. I think if you start acting the part, not just saying it or doing it, then it has a bigger impact. Right. Uh, uh, so here are, here are a few. Like I took, I took like two pages of notes on this. Uh, I'm going to have a couple of big ideas. We'll have more in the show, no- show notes. And I'd love for you to share a challenge as I finish up on okay. one or two big ideas. Number one. I feel like everyone should take a pause and look at, are they a transactional business and how can they take their transactional business and make it more transformational? Maybe that's like your first step in that journey. Or maybe if you're a transformational business, how it can be transcended, but there's always a level two. And I think companies can start really thinking about that because that's what your team cares about. That's what the people who are buying from you care about. One of the things that made me also think another big idea from this is that that leaders create impact. And I think everyone needs to start thinking about it, that if you are a company that says that I'm a leader in this uh, magic quadrant or something like, well, that's not real leadership. That's gonna, that's a fleeting thing that can happen this year and not next year. And that's not the galvanizing force. Maybe it is for a limited period of time, but not, not ultimately. 
what is the transcendent uh, leadership style that you have that's going to create impact? And you don't have to give money away to have impact. You just need to have an impact mindset. So these 11 different impact models are just ideas to get your brain moving in the direction like, how are you going to define your legacy and impact as an organization? What's going to motivate your team and your customers to talk about you without you asking them to talk about? Like, forget the case studies that companies put out there on the website, which are so boring or so made up and start thinking about like, how do people talk about this without even asking randomly on on the street, on LinkedIn and, and other places? That's when you know that your leadership is creating impact. So some of, some of these are like just ideas and I'll put them in the show notes. What is the one challenge, Yannick, that you want to share with everybody who's listening to this? Uh, so let me just go back to that one point that you just said just a moment ago about like, you know, how to get your, your people talking about you. There's an entire section on there on building community and, and taking apart like how do, you, uh, how do you look at almost like tribal dynamics and, and getting people to become zealots and advocates for what you're doing. But it all starts like, so you can look at all these things as like tactics, or we can look at them as like bigger picture strategies, and that's going to come from the bigger reason why and the intention and the real, you know, bigger mission and purpose that you want to have with with, with your company, and then it's going to cascade down. So so and and the you know the the people talking about you on the street, like you know, if you're a B two B company, I want people talking about me at the trade show that matters. If they talk about me on the street, it's great, but there's lots of cool ways I can get them talking in in the right rooms by actually activating them and, and this impact side will have a big way of doing it. And there's some cool then tactical ways you can do that. Right. Inside yeah. the book. So the challenge I have for everyone, uh, so I'm a big journaler. I love uh, journaling. Uh, it's, it's one of the, I think a real like just foundational success skill. And, yeah. and so I'll, I'll challenge you to, uh, I think your questions dictate your answers. So, so what I'm going to challenge you to do is answer this question, which is what would my 111 year old self tell me? And so what I, you know, what I want you to do is not just write one answer. So write that at the top of the page and then write multiple answers, keep going and, and then take your non-dominant hand and once you've exhausted your, your regular hand and go with the, uh, see what happens when you use your non-dominant hand and see what the answers are. And even if you think you can't read it or it's going to be like, you know, just so silly that you can't, you can't even figure it, figure it out, or it just seems really hard to do. Just don't think about it and just write with your non-dominant hand and see. And that really helped me when I was going through a really tough time with, with my company where we were actually losing money because the other company that I had started was paying for it. And I talk about the story in the book, but it's, it was like the, the real change came when like really exploring our reason why and the why wasn't to build this adventure travel company. It was to build what we, you know, our say our mission now is to change the way business is played. And when I answered that question for my 111 year old self, it was to light a thousand suns who can each light another thousand suns. Mm. And that, that gave you the spark to kind of get going on that thing. To change, yeah, to change the direction and make it a much bigger thing. And, and that even changed our name to Maverick 1000s more accurately represent yeah. the yeah, that is so fascinating, man. It, it, the, it is so hard to keep going, even to be very honest. Like I think a lot of people look at entrepreneurship or starting a business and things, oh, that's cool. Maybe because the economy is good and maybe, you know, somewhat of it things. But as things get tough and they will eventually, no matter how good or bad times are uh, in the economy, they will get bad. They will get really hard for you. And at that time, if you don't have your why, then, then your character, the things that you do, the decisions you make, the, the way you get out of the rut, 
all of those come to life in front of you. The, the, I, I look at it like you're, you're the good, bad, and the ugly. You, you see yourself, all of it. And at that time, what do you choose to be? All that depends if you had your why. So I love you have a whole section in the book on what's your why and why it is so important. It's not just a cool thing to say or a tagline to have uh, or a cool cause to support. It's really your innate why. So it's going to drive you during those times. And you are right there. You're going to have those times. Uh, But, but those times also like they, they help show you what, what, what you really want to be doing. Like um, it's, it's like, if I look back, you know, there, there were hard times. Like, you know, I had all these different product services that hit the million dollar mark really easily before. And then this one was like the hardest thing that I did. Um, and I was just like, what is going on? Like, it's not working, but by my passion and my like real purpose behind it was so much greater that I couldn't figure it out. And, and that just like looking back, I'm really glad that I, I went through that. There's actually a, a, an interesting Hindu deity. I don't know if you're familiar with Ganesh. Mm-hmm. So right, Ganesh is, is the usually known as the remover of obstacles, yeah. but also the placer of obstacles, which I find fascinating because it's like, okay, well, maybe this obstacle is placed in your way so that you can move into where your real true path is. Yeah. And, and I love that. Yeah, a true sense. I love it, man. Yannick, thank you so much for taking the time, sharing your wisdom. Uh, and I highly recommend people who, especially if you're looking at your business or starting a business right now, and looking at leadership from an impact perspective, this is this is a great book to think about it for. Yeah, for I appreciate everybody. that. Thanks. All right, man. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.